0: to know you more. We need to hear you clearly. I pray that by your goodness and grace you open our hearts, Father, to better see and better understand who you are. In Jesus' name. Amen. Julie asked me this morning, what did I like about being a grandfather? I wasn't very I mean I didn't get all that excited about until I saw him. You know? And I thought, wow. And then you hold this little creation of God and you look at him and you say, You don't have to do a thing, but I sure love you. You know, and I think sometimes we just miss that about God. That we feel like we got to do something, but he's like, I love you. You know, uh, we sang the very first song was, his love, his love, lifted me, lifted me, and you know it's the truth. And we sing of His love. And so this morning I'm going to speak for the fourth time out of First Timothy one um, five. <laughs> <laughs> Had four chances, right? We're going to be really looking at love from a pure heart because this was Paul's instruction to Timothy. Was our our goal for instruction is love from a pure heart, a good conscience, and a sincere faith. And so this is the last one that we haven't looked at. But faith for God by faith for Paul was nothing short of absolute dependency in his all-sufficiency in every part of his life. Um, in the Bible it tells us In Galatians that faith, love is is expressed, faith is expressed through love. Nothing else matters except faith expressing itself through love. And over and over in the Bible, this is the thing that he's called us to. Uh, And so we want to look at this, what this means from a, a pure heart. And we've looked also at what it means to have a good conscience. Um, Paul says this later in the same letter to 1 Timothy in 1 Timothy 1.14 he says this the grace of our Lord overflowed to me with faith and love that are in Christ Jesus the grace of God overflowed to me with faith and love in Christ Jesus And we really learned when we talked about this that um, only Christ can cleanse a person to have a clear conscience. The act of baptism is an an appeal to God for a clear conscience. And so it's only through Christ that we have this peace with God and can have a good conscience through him. Um, So... What is a pure heart not? We're going to look at what a pure heart is, but what a pure heart is not is a pure heart is not haughty. Um, does everybody know what haughty means? Who, who, in our, who in our fellowship has the most expressive face? No one wants to raise their hand. We have to just pick somebody. <laughs> <laughs> Nimea? Well, she does laughter really well. Can you show us what haughty looks like? What are haughty eyes? I think Richard can do that. (laughs) (laughs) Stand up and show haughty eyes to us, Richard. (laughs) It's pretty good. It's pretty good. (laughs) I learned from Richard. Why is that one of the sins that's an abomination to God? Haughty eyes? Just to be arrogant that we're better than somebody else when the distance between us and them compared to our distance between us and God who's looking down and seeing us. Why it's such an abomination to him for us to have haughty eyes or to be haughty? Um, David realized that the heart is desperately wicked. And he he writes about this in Psalm 51.10. He says this, Create in me a clean heart and renew a steadfast spirit in me. The whole psalm starts out this way. Be gracious to me. So here it is. It seems like the more I read the Bible, it's more about God doing everything. And we just need to yield to God and faith that what he's about is for our good and things he tells us to do before I do it. And we sometimes just have a hard time believing that. Oh, but if I could do that over there, I think that would be fun to do. No? Don't go there. I've watched, you know, he, he knows the beginning from the end. And so um, he gives us a new heart because our heart is what? It's inclined to evil. It's desperately it's de- it's wicked. None of us want to believe that about our, our heart. Mine can't be that way. Man, I do good things, but it's desperately wicked. So, you know, as we talked about one of the earlier Sundays, don't follow your heart, your old heart. It's like One of the things, I remember Dwight Fisher gave a message about something that was, that was too hard for God to do. And the, message, the gist of the message was, he just created a new heart. He gives a new heart. To, rehabil- to rehabilitate that heart was just too hard to do and so he creates his new heart us. but we have to battle this um, old flesh and so David in his wisdom and under the guidance of the Holy Spirit says also renew in me a steadfast spirit because if I don't have a steadfast spirit where will my heart go prone to wander. The God I say I love, the God we talked about this morning. Um, and so I want to look at that for just a little bit. So he begins to be gracious to us. And then Paul in Romans says this, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through whom we also have obtained our introduction by faith into this grace which we now stand. So the question is not what Brown can do for you like UPS, but what can grace what has grace done for you? What has it done for you? Well, maybe it's made me thankful sometimes, but then sometimes I forget about it made joyful sometimes. It does all kinds of things, right? But for, for Paul, he wants to stand in this grace, the knowledge of what Christ has done for him. So we're going to be looking at this morning, 1 um, John chapter 4, and starting in verse 7. So if we're going to love from a pure heart, we've got to go to the source and Uh, So I want to read a couple of verses out of this book, and then we'll talk about that some. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. The one who does not love does not know God. For God is love. By this the love of God was manifested in us that God has sent his only begotten Son into the world so that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Um, this is, Greg and I were talking about this book, First John, last week, about that the sentences are simple, but the content is really, really deep. And so, um, I fully agree, it is. Um, so, he starts out here and he says, talking to believers we need to love one another now the word for is sometimes translated because so really because love is from god we need to love one another so a lot of times sometimes we can get those things confused but love comes from god therefore we should love one another and not only does it say it here in four or five other places in first john it says it in other places in the bible that we need to love one another And then another separate thought from that is everyone who loves is born or father of God and knows God. Um, The next sentence basically states the negative. Well, if you don't love people, then you don't know God. Because God is love, and love flows from God. By this the love of God was manifested, which is just another word that means revealed. It's something that has to be revealed to us. And how does he reveal it to us is the next part of that. He sent his only son to be a substitute that we might live through him. Um, So it has to come as a revelation that God has sent his son, his only begotten son, which means his one-of-a-kind son, because you and I are sons of God. So... Jesus is a one-of-a-kind son. In this is love, not that we love God. That's the negative. The positive is that God loves us. And he sent his son to be that substitute for us. And then he, then he addresses it everybody again and says, beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Now, the word ought is different from my ought, your ought. I ought to do that. But really, it's an imperative. It's not, you're not saying that because God loved... We, you know, we ought to really think about this, really seriously. really hard to think about it and try to do the best you can to love other people. No, we ought to love other people. And the way... The example he gives here is he sent his son to be a substitute. So in my mind, this says it's a sacrificial love. It's not always this thing that gushes forth from, from feelings, but it's love is meant to be sacrificial. The greatest expression of love is what? No, no greater love a man has than what? Lay down his life. That's the ultimate expression, but you lay down your life when you give up your time you lay down of your life when you give of your possessions. Um, you lay down your life when you pray for other people. And so there's an element of sacrifice that the world really doesn't talk about as far as love. Love is a feeling that you have, and it's generally a selfish feeling because it expects something in return. You know, But this kind of love is different. While we were yet sinners... Christ died. You know, it, it wasn't necessarily you respond and then I'll lay my life down for you. And so I think sometimes, you know, the, the, the way the world looks at love and, and the way that God looks at it as this decision to do something that's for the betterment of the, of the object of his love or the object of our love. And so... Before we can love with a pure heart, we need to understand where it comes from. And that's what 1 John says. And it says, love comes from God. God is love. Now, a lot of people want to turn that around, especially in the 60s, and say, well, love is God. But it's not the same. God is love does not mean that love is God. Because love is only one part of who God is. God is also light. And God is spirit. You can't say light is God. There's light, So that doesn't look like God to me. And so, you know, we need to keep it in the context that God has put it in here and see that it's an aspect of who he is. So the fountains of love flow from God, and then we have to realize that if we're going to love like that, it has to come from him. So he creates this heart that has a capacity and is inclined Toward obeying him and doing what pleases him. Um, so, so he gives us this new heart. We believe in God. Then the process of stripping away all the things that compete with that love, God begins that process of sanctification. Which, for most of us, will go until the day we see him. Um, but I think sometimes that's where we we really battle the Lord is uh, is in the conscience area when we try to to rationalize how we see things, and He is really trying to convict us of something we need to let go of, or, or of a right or something. You know, the Bible says that. Uh, in the Old Testament that for the eyes of the Lord pass to and fro throughout the earth. God is looking throughout the earth to strongly support those whose heart is completely His. And so behind the eyes of God is the voice of God. Behind the voice of God is the face of God. And behind the face of God is the heart of God. And so who He is flows from his heart. He is light, he is love, and he is spirit. And so if we're made in his image, then who we are should also flow from our heart. And so until that heart receives that grace and love from God, we're loving people with a different kind of love than the love that God has. You know, you can look like uh, I guess it was in after the Lord had, had been raised from the dead the disciples are. some of the disciples are out fishing they see Jesus on the shore, they come they have breakfast together and Jesus asked, asked, asked Peter this penetrating question Peter, do you love me? And Peter says so he asked him about a level of love and Peter says Lord, you know I love you. God says, do you love me this much? And Peter says, Lord, you know I love you this much. And he asks him again, Peter, do you love me? And he answers the same way. Lord, do you know I love you this much. And God asked him, do you love me this much? And so he asks him the third time, and it says, Peter was very distraught about that. And so he says this, he says, Lord, you know me. You know that I love you. And so, I think a lot of times in our in our zeal to demonstrate our love for God, give me something to do. I'll show you that I love you. And uh, so, really what I see in this particular passage is the prerequisite for commission. He's asking, do you love me? So, the commission, the call that we have, it's not necessarily our talents, our credentials, our networking ability. It's it's this question. You want to be on mission for me? You want to do something? Well, do you love me? That's the first do. And then out of that flows, well, shepherd my sheep. That's what Jesus that's what Jesus said to Peter. But he asked him about his qualifications first, which was, you need to love me. And if you love me, then you'll be able to to obey the things I'm going to call you to. And so it's a really interesting credential since a lot of times we look at something other than that, you know, when we're looking for people to do things. Um... So like I was saying about God's heart and everything flowing from his heart, um, so we're to be the same way. And so there's a verse in Proverbs that says, watch over your heart with all diligence. For from it flow either the springs or issues of life, whichever whichever your translation is. So he gives us this new heart, and way back in here, one of the wise sayings is, hey, watch over your heart, guard your heart, and be diligent in it. For from your heart, love the springs of life, the issues of life. And so I think you know that's a part of what we're called to do, which means we need to watch over what's feeding our heart, what's what we're taking into our heart, where we're we receiving life, so that w- the life that we have to give is pure because it's from the love of God. Um, Jesus said the same thing basically, kind of to the Pharisees who were getting on the disciples because they didn't wash their hands before they ate. You know, and Jesus said, Look, it's not what goes in the body that defiles it, it's what comes out of the body. It says, Out of the mouth, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. And so it's this heart issue that I think the Lord is really Wanting us to understand the kind of love he's calling us to display to other people. Um, And so this whole process of stripping away and showing motives for why we do things uh, is to, to get us into a place where our actions become more and more unselfish. We're really learning to give out an abundance of what's been poured in rather than a need to receive because we've given it. And so, obviously, we're not in a place where where we have an abundance of everything. But that's the thing about Jesus' life. There was a rhythm to his life that we need to learn. It's, he, he would often go to a lonely place. And that was a time when Jesus communed with the Father. That's a time when they talked together. When he... Told him how much he loved him, how much he needed him, as 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 the God Man, and and then he went out and moved into public, ministered to his disciples, healed people, and so we we've got to learn this same ry- rhythm in our life: is you get filled up with the love of God, you go and give it out to everybody else. Oftentimes we give out. The love we've got, but we expect some stuff back because we're needy in, in that area. We haven't, we are not really filled up with this God-type love that that John's talking about here. Um, and so, how does that? So, if we're going to do something for God, what does that express? How do we express that? Well, there are two two commandments that sum up the whole Old Testament. And the first is the great commandment, and what is that? Love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Amen. And the second one is like that. Well, J- John really puts puts the uh, his finger on this in John further down in that same chapter in John four twenty, the last part of it. He says, "For the one who does not love his brother whom he has seen, cannot love God." who he has not seen. So how do we flesh out the first commandment? We do the second commandment. We love our neighbor as ourselves. Now, for you guys here, there's a higher calling. There's a higher calling for us. God says, love your neighbor as yourself. Jesus told his disciples, you know, love one another, you believers, as I have loved you. And that was a sacrificial love. Yeah, we need to be ready to lay down our lives for one another, but our time, our possessions, uh, anything that, that we have. Because if we see a brother in need and turn away, I mean, is that love? That's not God kind of love, you know. If you don't have it and you'd like to give it to him, then you go find somebody that does. We really work as a body. And I think that's the thing about this, this having uh, love from a pure heart. It's, uh, it has to be grounded in faith because it has to come from God, the kind of love that God's requiring here. Um, and so there has to be this foundation of, of, of a faith that understands that I, have, I am righteous before God. It's, a, it's an alien righteousness that's bought by Christ in the Son of us, not that we walk in it, but if you have peace with God, there's a place there to have a good conscience before God. I mean, he says to come before him confidently, you know, and so the conscience seems to be this, this barometer that sits between love from a pure heart and a sincere faith that, measures these two things and is what God by His Spirit speaks to our conscience, which is a witness about the standard that we have set for our life. The more we read the Word, the more we understand that standard is is God's standard. And so I think for me it's just a matter of really learning to be sensitive to his spirit, studying the Bible more, so I really understand the thoughts and the ways of God. Um And so I just really this morning wanted to encourage us as a body, um, not that you act out love, but when we see our brothers and sisters in need, we really call on by faith God to give us the God kind of love to love that person with. Because that kind of love, you don't necessarily have to be recognized. It doesn't have to have a reward. Um, The fact that the Father sees us in secret with that and we please the Father is reward enough for all of us. And so I think for me, studying this particular passage has really been interesting to see how God has so given us the the things that we need to encourage and live before him. I I remember in reading about um, Paul before... uh, Felix. I mean, this man is before him awaiting trial. And so what does the Bible say that he talks about when he goes before Felix? Does he talk about his credentials? He he has a love of God in him that talks about righteousness, self-control, and the judgment to come. Now, if you are awaiting trial and you were before had these different encounters with the, with the judge. What would you be talking about? Would you have a love that would be concerned about his welfare? I mean, this is amazing. But it's almost like these things are really a reverse of what First um, Timothy one five says. Because, I mean, sincere faith and righteousness, self-control and conscience go together. And a judgment to come and love from a pure heart. Really, it's really interesting. You know, we can't. We have to use today's language. We have to find a way to get in to talk to people about those three things. Because we're all going to be accountable for those three things. Righteousness, our self-control, and the judgment to come. We'll stand before the Lord, you know. So, uh, I just really encourage you. You know, these three things are really important for us to lay hold of and um, walk in, in faith. Keep a good conscience and, and, and love with a godlike love, you know, our brothers and sisters and our neighbors as God gives opportunity. Okay? Let's pray for just a moment. Father, I, I thank you that you have shed abroad your love in our hearts. Lord, let us make room in your, our hearts for you. Let us enlarge our hearts, Father, that you, can, that you can move into every arena of our life. Lord, that we would love you with that heart, with our mind, by having it transformed by your word, with the strength that you give us, Father, that we would love you, that our whole soul would be inclined towards you. Lord, we just look to you. It's all grace. Look down and have mercy and favor on you. This body here, Lord, that we would handle Amen. accurately your word, that we would we love people right with the right agenda to see them in a better place. Help us, Lord, be a reflection of who you are and love from a pure heart. In Jesus' name. Amen.